0: The text for our service today is from 2 Kings chapter 23 and 2 Chronicles 35, Josiah part 4, Josiah's Passover. From 2 Kings 23 verse 21, King Josiah commanded all the people saying, Keep the Passover to the Lord your God as it is written in the book of the covenant. In the 18th year of King Josiah, this Passover was held before the Lord in Jerusalem. We read over um, the last few weeks, Josiah became king when he was 8 years old, so uh, this is in his 18th year, so he's still young, he's only 26 years old, and he uh, has committed to following the Lord, he gave his life to the Lord when he was 16 years old, dedicated himself and committed to following the Lord and following in all his ways, and he went about uh, Judea and up into Israel, which at this time Israel was taken captive uh, to Assyria. There's only a a handful left, but the remnant that was left, he went and ministered to them and went through Israel, uh, eliminating the idols and, and the idol worship in the high places there, and then began rededicating the temple, renovating the temple after his father and grandfather had desecrated it. And in doing so, they found the scroll of the book. They booked the, found the book of the covenant, and it began to be read to him. He ripped his clothes, tore, or cried and wept, um, and, and uh, read it to all the people. And so that's where we pick up here. He's reading in the book of the covenant and reads about the Passover and decides to keep the Passover according to the word of the Lord. And so he gathers the people and commands them to keep the Passover as well. And so, now into 2 Chronicles, chapter 35, verse 1. They slaughtered the Passover lambs on the 14th day of the first month. So he's following biblical edict to do so. And he set the Kohenim in their duties and encouraged them for the service of the house of the Lord. So he's dedicated to keep the Passover. And to, in order to keep the Passover, we have to keep the Passover the way the Bible says to keep the Passover. And so one of the things it said to keep the Passover was to slaughter the lambs on the 14th day of the first month and gather the people and bring them to Jerusalem, and this is what he does. Now, of course, today there is no temple in Jerusalem, and if we tried to sacrifice a lamb, then uh, we'd have all the animal rights groups uh, down our our back, and uh, and we'd be denying the sacrifice that God has provided for us in providing the Lamb of God um, who was shed for us. And so, there's really no one today who's keeping the Passover. Those are the most orthodox, no matter what they're, they're not keeping the Passover, of course in order to keep the Passover, we have to do as Josiah did, slaughter the Passover lambs on the fourteenth day of the first month. Gather in Jerusalem, go to the temple, and again, those are impossibilities right now with, without the temple. We can remember the Passover and we can celebrate it and we can observe it with our eyes and with our ears and with our hearts and with our lives, but we're not keeping it, again, as the Bible, as the scriptures, as the Book of the Covenant laid out for it to be kept. Uh, It was given for a purpose, it was given for a time, it was given to point us forward to the ultimate Passover, to point us forward to the sacrifice, to the Lamb of God, and it has fulfilled that purpose. And we shouldn't forget that purpose, And so we shouldn't forget the Passover. We shouldn't throw it out. We certainly shouldn't replace it with anything else. And so Josiah, at that point, that time, Josiah had not yet come in the flesh. And so he sacrifices and slaughters the Passover lambs with the congregation and follows them to have them to do that. Verse 3. Then he said to the Levites who taught, all Israel, who were holy to the Lord, put the holy ark in the house which Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, built. It shall no longer be a burden on your soldiers' so shoulders. Now serve the Lord your God and his people Israel. So this is interesting. The ark of the covenant was not, at this point in time, in the temple. It was not in the temple that Solomon built. No doubt Manasseh, probably Manasseh, uh, or one of the other kings, Josiah's grandfather, because Hezekiah was a good king, his great-grandfather followed the Lord. So probably Manasseh had it taken out when he brought the idols in. And all this time it was stationed somewhere and they were moving it around. The Levites are carrying it on their soldiers. And so he tells them, no, we're going to put it back where it belongs. He read it in the book. He read it in the Torah. He read it in the scriptures that they found to put it back in Solomon's temple, in the Holy of Holies, in the Kodesh Kodeshim, and so he commands them to do that. He taught all of Israel that they were holy to the Lord, to put the Holy Ark in the house which Solomon built. And they do so. And prepare yourselves according to your father's houses, according to your divisions, following the written instructions of David, king of Israel, and the written instructions of Solomon his son. So this is interesting now. So they've obviously found in the the temple, they found not only the the book of the covenant, the Torah, the the five books of Moses, but also chronicles and kings or what was written up to this point and if there were any other writings by David and Solomon, maybe the Psalms and the Proverbs and the instructions given by David and Solomon for celebrating in the temple while it was standing. And and, and David had the the singers and the Levites and the musicians, and he had it all laid out, the liturgy, for the services in the temple of the Lord. And so he's commanding the Levites to prepare themselves for that service once again. He's reestablishing the country. He's reestablishing the nation by reestablishing them in God's word and to follow God's word. And they're doing it. They're obeying the king. The king is following the entire word of God that he has up to that point. Slaughter the Passover offerings, consecrate yourselves, and prepare them for your brethren that they may do according to the word of the Lord by the hand of Moses. So he has, again, the Torah, the word by the hand of Moses, as well as the writings of David and Solomon. And he is following the word of God. Now, God has blessed us so much more. We have not only the word of God, we have not only the Torah, not only the words of Moses that God gave to him, but we also have the words of David and Solomon and, and the prophets. And we have this account and, and so much more. We have the entire scriptures, which give us a balanced view. And we should read all of the scriptures, Not just the first part, not just the first five books, nor just the second part, not just the last uh, portions of the Bible, just a one-third small little portion, the Gospels and the Epistles and Revelation. We need to read the entire Bible and see the harmony of it all and how one part leads to the other and, 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 and meshes together and instructs us in the way that we should live not just for our knowledge, not just for understanding, not just for beliefs, but beliefs that become actions, beliefs that become part of our lives, beliefs that transform us, beliefs that reveal to us the word of God. And the Passover is such a significant part that's mentioned here in this account, the next stage in what it said about Josiah, that he did what was right in the sight of the Lord all the days of his life, not turning to the right hand nor the left. This is the next portion in it. All those other things we mentioned in review, but this also now in following the Passover, pointing forward to the Messiah. He needed to reestablish this ceremony, which obviously was forgotten, not kept in Jerusalem, the temple being desecrated and all like that, reestablishing the temple so that the sacrifices could be reoffered, so the Passover lamb could be slaughtered there and eaten by the people in pointing forward to the Messiah. So Josiah is not only looking back to Moses, but he is looking forward to the Messiah. He's following the word of God. He's made it a part of his life. So it's past. He's seeing it in the present. And he's looking forward into the future. And he's leading the people to look forward into the future for the Messiah to come, the Lamb of God. So he won't have to sacrifice anymore that our sins are forgiven once and for all, that he has paid the price for us, not as the lambs that we need to do yearly for the remission of sins. He came as the ultimate lamb, the one to pay the price with his sacrifice, the one that that all the lambs from Adam and Eve all the way through pointed forward to, as the, the sacrifices, the Abraham offering up Isaac, the ram caught, in a bush by his horns, sacrificed in Isaac's behalf. All these sacrifices pointing forward to the Messiah. And Josiah is reestablishing that so they will be ready to receive the Messiah when he comes. Josiah gave the lay people lambs and young goats from the flock, all for Passover offerings, for all who were present, to the number of 30,000 as well as 3,000 cattle. These were from the king's possessions. So now he's giving of himself. He's leading the way. He led the way in following the Lord. He led the way in dedicating his life to the Lord. He's leading the way in, in keeping the scriptures. And he's leading the way in his offerings and demonstrating godliness and charitableness so that they can keep the Passover as well. So each one would have a lamb. And obviously, this is not enough. It's a lot of lambs, but obviously it's not enough for every single person, probably not even for every single family. But for those that were in need, he wanted everyone to experience having the lamb for a sacrifice. Each one of us needs to have our own personal experience with the Lamb, with the Messiah, who was given for us. That Josiah gave, the Father has given to us. To each one of us, to everyone in this world, the price has already been paid, the sacrifice has already been given. God has given to us from himself. As, again, the Abraham and Isaac story, Abraham said to Isaac, God will provide himself the sacrifice for us. Isaac said, where is the lamb? We got the fire, we got the wood, but where is the lamb? God will provide himself the sacrifice. When the Father did that, he provided his only begotten son. He provided the sacrifice for us. The Messiah provided himself as the sacrifice for us. The Messiah wants everyone to have their own personal experience with the Lamb. Each of us needs to have our own personal experience with the Lamb. Just like Josiah needed to have his own personal experience with God, he was trained and raised, maybe by his mother, maybe by Jeremiah, maybe by some of the other prophet seers, or Levites, or Cohen. For eight years, and then 16th year, he dedicates himself. Each one of us needs to have a time where we dedicate ourselves to the Lord. Each one of us needs to have our own personal experience with the Lamb of God. Not just a head knowledge, but knowing him experiencing him, knowing what he's like, knowing his redemption, knowing his forgiveness, knowing his love, knowing his power to provide for us, to meet our needs, to remove our worries and our cares and our frustrations and our fears, and to see us through the troubles of this life and to deliver us from our own sins as well as to give us the power to cope
1: with other people's sins, to set us
0: free in the Lord. Josiah senses this. He doesn't just read the scriptures to them; he wants them to experience it. And he has the Passover and invites everybody to participate in it. His leaders gave willingly to the people, to the Kohanim, and to the Levites. So he leads by example, and then his other leaders follow suit and do the same, and give as well. Verse 15, the singers, the sons of Asaph, going all the way back to King David, we're talking hundreds of years, were in their places according to the command of David. Asaph, Heman, and Judith the king's seer. So the king had a prophet among him whom he no doubt was listening to as well. And Jeremiah was alive at this time. He wrote a book, how however you pronounce it? Judeo, whatever. Uh, He didn't write a Bible book, but he was there as a seer for Josiah as well. Also the gatekeepers were at each gate. They did not have to leave their position because their brethren the Levites prepared portions for them. So everyone's in their place. Everyone's doing their job. The king is doing his position. The king is calling the people together. The king is organizing it together. The leaders are also demonstrating and and following and, and, and leading the people, encouraging the people, making the word of God available to them, and the Lamb of God, the Messiah, available to them. And each person is in his place. The singers are singing. The seers are sharing the word. The gatekeepers are manning the gate. Everyone has their role. Everyone's in their place. Everyone's participating together. And the Levites provide, they they prepare the portions for the gatekeepers so the gatekeepers can stay at their job. So part of our job, some of our jobs is helping others to keep doing their jobs. It's not to do their job for them. But there are ways that we can help other people to be able to fulfill their job, to make their job easier, to be encouragers and to be helpers and providers and and do things for other people, to be servants of one another, to serve one another so that the work of God can continue on. That's why Solomon said, go to the ant and study the ants and see how the ants each have their roles. right?" feeding the queen and the worker ants and the army ants, and he's doing their role and participating together, communicating with each other. That's the family of God. It's different than a club. We're not a club. We're a congregation. We're a family of God. We're a mishpocha of God. We come together in love and harmony together, not just for worship, not just for hearing the word of God, but for knitting together in heart and mind and in service for the Lord's cause. God's work will not go throughout the world. God's work will not save the people of the city by one person preaching once a week, by each of us participating and doing our roles, here in the congregation and keeping things moving and going here so people can come and hear the word of God, but also all week long when we go into our regular lives. We don't turn it off and turn it on once a week. Godliness is lived out throughout our lives, throughout our week, 24-7, everywhere we are in participating and ministering to others, each in our own roles and different roles. And again, for some of us, our roles are just to help other people do their roles.
1: Not all of us are to stand at the gate,
0: but we can prepare the way for them so they can stand at the gate. Not all of us are singers. Not all of us are dancers. Not all of us are leaders, but each has its role in participating together and working together so that the lambs can be sacrificed,
1: so that the people can receive the forgiveness of sins,
0: so that the knowledge of God and the knowledge of God's love and his sacrifice in our behalf can be known, experienced, received, lived out, that the guilt can be removed, that the sins that we bear, Like they said, the ark, you don't have to carry the ark anymore. We don't have to carry the law of God anymore. The law of God carries us. Have you been carrying around your law with you? You've been carrying it on your shoulders. Yeshua says, His yoke is easy, His burden is light. He didn't say there is no yoke, but He carries it with us. He carries it together with us. And He bears the strength of it, He bears the weight of it. We walk together with him in keeping his law. So he said, put the ark in the covenant, in the, in the, in the, in the temple. Be
1: freed of your burdens. Instead of allowing the law to press us down, we allow the law to build us up. We don't keep the law, the law keeps us. The law sustains us. The law shows us right and wrong.
0: When we're breaking the law, it bears down on us. When we're going against God's law, in rebellion against law, we are under the burden of the law. Because what's the purpose of the law? To to save us. The law can't save us. So what's the purpose of the law? To convict us. To show us we're, we're wrong. That's the purpose of the law. So when we're in disobedience, it's there showing us where we're wrong. It's coming down upon us and we're under the weight of that condemnation. It's saying you were wrong, you did wrong. So stop bearing that weight. Stop bearing your own burden. Stop bearing the guilt. Come to the temple. and Be released of your burden. Lay down your burden. at the ark. Holy of Holies, lay down your cares at the Passover. Lay it down because the Lamb of God has set you free and has forgiven you. And as is in the Passover, sacrifices are given, the Messiah died. But then comes the third day and the wave sheath offering, the new life, the harvest, the grain, the eating, the celebrating, the feast of unleavened bread. He makes a new life in us, and he feeds us and establishes us and empowers us so that the law is then lived out from within in obedience, in joyful obedience. Now we are no longer under the law, but living within the law, major difference, and following it, and each one participating together in God's family together. Verse 17. And the children of Israel kept the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread for seven days. There was no Passover in Israel like that since Samuel the prophet. None of the kings of Israel had kept such a Passover as Josiah did with the Kohanim, Levites, all Judah, Israel and Jerusalem. That is very interesting. And I don't understand it. But no Passover since the time of Samuel, the prophet. What was wrong with David's Passover? What was wrong with Solomon's Passovers? What was wrong with Hezekiah's Passover? We read about Hezekiah's Passover you know, a little while back, uh, Josiah's great-grandfather who invited Israel from the north to come, and it was their last chance, it was before the Assyrians came, and God opened the door for them to learn about the Messiah. And and many did come and celebrated the feast, and they had such a great time with rejoicing and happiness and praise. If I remember right, they celebrated another seven days on top of that. They doubled it up. They were having such a good time. And it was real repentance through it. They went and crushed all their idols. They went back north to Israel and, and repented and got rid of many things. What was wrong with that Passover? And at that time, it said that there was no such Passover like the one that Hezekiah did until that time. But now here, Josiah does it. It wasn't that he had so many sacrifices, 30,000. That's not a whole lot of sacrifices. And again, no doubt the people brought their own. And he also, like Hezekiah, he brought down people of Israel. It says, Josiah did with the Kohanim, with the Levites, with all Judah. Of course, and Israel. So again, he's still in contact with the people in the north. You know, there's no king of Israel anymore at this point. Syria is technically ruling over it. He invites them and they come down as well. And that's wonderful and powerful. And Jerusalem and everyone participating together. But David did that too, and Solomon did that too. Under David and Solomon's reign, it was a united kingdom. Judah and Israel were all celebrating together, and people from all the tribes were coming together. No doubt David had some wonderful Passovers, but none like it since Samuel, the prophet, which is interesting, in the time of Judges. And this is why it says in 2 Chronicles, it's worded a little differently in 2 Kings, but similar, such a Passover surely had never been held since the days of the judges who judged Israel. And that's Samuel's time. Nor in all the days of the kings of Israel and the kings of Judah. So we have two different writers saying the same thing. And this was such a Passover. Such an experience with the Lord. God's using Josiah. And a mighty revival is taking place here among the people. And as we'll see, it's the last chance before Babylon and destroys this temple and takes the people captive not
1: too many years after this.
0: God uses this experience in a powerful way. I believe before the final Babylon, the last day Babylon, the confusion that comes through and sweeps through and causes destruction, God is calling for a revival to take place in our lives. God is calling for us to worship the Lord and to experience him in such a way that when the record books of heaven will be written, it'll say that they had not followed the Lord in such a way even back to all the way back to maybe the Garden of Eden. A revival of godliness that God is wanting to perform in our lives. Each of our lives and corporately together. Again, this wasn't just Josiah reading the book in his room and doing it himself. He involved all the other people. It wasn't just some Levites studying together, it was bringing all the people together. God wants us to corporately experience him as well as personally and individually. We need both. We need both aspects Her f- personal experience with God. And so we have the congregational time, but we neglect it home. We need to do it at home as well. And not just home in our families, but individually too. So so for, for couples and families, they need to really have three experiences. You need to have your own experience, your own private time with the Lord. You need to have family worship and congregational worship as well. So he brings the whole country together. I believe God is wanting to do a revival here. Right here with us, and in this world. Now, I believe the Bible predicts it will happen. God's Spirit will go out. After the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled, his word will come forth back to, to, to Judea, to the, to the Jewish people, and there'll be a mighty revival. Yeshua said, you will see me no more until you say, and he quotes what we say at Passover, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. There'll be a revival that takes place and many people will come to the Lord. But at the same time that many people are coming to the Lord, the the devil will be going around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And Babylon will rise its head up and all the world will follow after the beast. Two things will be happening simultaneously. As we see here, a revival takes place. they are experiencing the power of the Lord through repentance, through reading God's word, through committing their lives to the Lord, through getting rid of the idols that are in the land, calling sin, sin, and reaching out to the lost house of Israel, reaching out to others, inviting them to the Passover, and providing the means for everyone to experience the Lord himself. Revival
1: takes place. And then not long after this, Babylon comes through. I believe a revival is
0: taking place and is going to continue and be more mighty than it was after that Passover in Jerusalem, Yeshua's last supper, and then Shavuos and thousands coming to the Lord in a day,
1: immersing in the mikvahs.
0: We are a mighty revival. I believe God's work will finish even more powerfully than it began. But at the same time, the devil will try to have his last say and he will have his last say. And then the Lord will come.
1: One of the things that needs to take place
0: in order for the Lord to come will be this revival in our lives. a revival of godliness. A revival of committing to follow God's word and to live God's word and to walk in its precepts. And that is, of course, what stirs up the devil and gets him so angry that he goes around and does his last push and he sees his captives being set free. He gets angry. Oh, he's happy if we just sit and look at each other each week. He's happy if we just talk to each other each week. But it's when we go to the lost house of Israel when we go and reach out to the lost, and he then gets angry. God's power will be poured out upon us. The latter rain power of the Holy Spirit, the Ruach will just come down upon us. And we will go forth as his witnesses. We will go forth and share God's love and God's word with all those around us. And many will come to the Lord. As we see here, and will be written in the chronicles of heaven,
1: there was no such experience
0: such as till all the way back to the time of Josiah all the way back to the time of Samuel all the way back
1: to heaven and then he can allow
0: the four winds of strife to go forth the end time battle to take place because God's people will be secure God's people will be sealed God's people will be able to withstand the rejection and and the Time of trouble, such as the world has never seen. The winds of strife will take place as this world gets crazier and crazier and turns its back on God more and more. And every day it's just unbelievable what's taking place. The two sides are polarizing. And then the end will come because this gospel will have gone to all the world and everyone would have had their chance to hear and to experience the love of God.
1: So for us here today, where are we at in our walk with the Lord?
0: Are we ready to experience Him? Have we received the sacrifice? Have we received the Messiah? Have we received the Lamb of God? Have we entered into the ultimate Passover with Him? Have we received his forgiveness? If you haven't yet done that in your life, you haven't surrendered to him, you haven't accepted him, his blood over the doorpost, so that the angel of death passes over you, that you're sealed with him, that you're saved with him, if you're carrying around your burdens, if you're carrying around your guilt, if you're carrying around the law, if you're under the weight of conviction, you're under the weight of guilt and shame, surrender it to the Messiah as we pray, allow him to forgive you, allow him to remove the curse off of you, allow it to be laid upon the lamb, allow the sacrifice to be laid in your behalf. If you're not cooperating together and working together with the family of God, if you're not helping the gatekeepers do their job, if you're not participating in your position, whatever it is, whether singer or dancer or whatever portion God has assigned to you. Maybe you don't know what it is yet. We can get together and pray together and seek that out. But God has a place in the family of God for each person. God wants us all participating together. And If you're not in that together yet, let's meet together. Pray when we pray. Ask God to show you, and reveal to you what your part to play is. Summit, helping in various different forms and background forms. No doubt in celebrating the Passover there was much food. People providing food and eating food and cleaning up after the food. People to eat the food. Lots of positions, lots of parts to play. God reveals to you your part. Let's enter in together. Work together. God's work will go forward together unitedly. Maybe there's some other portion that applies to you tonight. Following the Word of God. Reading the Word of God. Keeping the covenant of the Word of God. We pray together. Allow God's Spirit to work in your life and heart. We pray together. Our Lord and our God, King of the universe, we are thankful that your law has revealed to us, your Word has revealed to us, That it's done its purpose of convicting and showing us what is right and what is wrong, where we have fallen short, and leads us to the Messiah. We want to stop carrying it around. We want to lay the burden at your feet. We want to accept the sacrifice, the Messiah, the Passover Lamb for us. We want to receive his forgiveness. We want to receive his redemption. We thank you for your love. Thank you for loving us and forgiving us. Thank you for giving us your word. We want to participate in your word. We want to partake of it. We want to eat it. We want to experience it. We want to follow it. Open up your word to us. We want to reconsecrate our lives to you. We want to work together in the body of God, in the family of God. Blend us together, mesh us together. Serving each other, giving to each other, helping each other, providing for each other, guarding each other, loving each other. Lord, we want to lay down all differences and we want to surrender them all to you. Any area of our life where there's opposition, we want to surrender it to you. Any hurts, any pains, any insecurities, any fears, any feelings of revenge
1: and easily offended
0: spirits, we ask for you to forgive us and redeem us and fill us with your word and fill us with your power fill us with your talents and fill us with your gifts and use us in reaching this world reaching this community and being a light you, did, you poured out your spirit on, 12, on 11 people And the gospel went to the then known world. Lord, pour out your spirit upon us right here, right now. Let it start here. And use us. Bind us together and bind us in you. May we come together in you. And may your word go forth. And A mighty revival take place. Such as never been seen since the foundation of the world.
1: In Yeshua's holy name. Amen.